Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's a blast deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Baez. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling 25-20. Got a block for Brock. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Trubisky's going to run it, and he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring, Steamboat's got him up. A slam. The player is by Cranwood, too. He made it. He's done it. He's the fight player. has done it. The player has done it. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome in to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the First Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We are here till 9 o'clock tonight. We are open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us. We will get back to you on Twitter throughout the show. Lots to do tonight. Lots of football conversation right here on the program tonight. We will also keep our eyes on the Cubs and Reds with live in-game reports at the bottom of the hours from Jesse Rogers down in Cincinnati. Lots to do tonight, Abdallah. The Panthers, they beat the Bears last night, 23-13. to The end result, not as important as some of the storylines we can pull from the first preseason game. I feel like the box the box scores on ESPN.com are great, right? The bo- They do great work. You've got all the stats on everybody. All the guys who did all the tackling and the 35 defensemen that played and everything. But I feel like that they should cater them to Bears fans, right? Don't make me scroll all the way to the bottom to get the information that I need, which is the Chicago kicking. That's what I need to know. That's all this that's all that matters here. Three three kicks were attempted, two of them were made. Elliot Fry hit both of his kicks. Eddie Pinheiro missed one of his. So that's kind of how, you know, we looked at the, yeah, Montgomery was good. He caught the ball three times for 30 yards. That's cool. You got a running back that can catch now. Who'd have thunk it, right? And you know, some of the defensive plays were good. Roquan Smith had a sack, which is good. I think you're going to see a lot more of that from Chuck Pagano as he is very uh, set on rushing the quarterback. That's that's something that's been a staple of his defenses. But ultimately, this is the first game action for the kickers, for the two kickers that the Bears have had kickoffs from during training camp. And I feel like that is what most fans were watching for yesterday in the preseason game. In 10 minutes, we will update the latest with Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders. The new story on ESPN.com sources, Antonio Brown will not play football unless he can wear his old helmet. I read that right. That That's the story happening right now in the NFL. We'll talk about that in 10 minutes as we talk Bears with you at 312-332-3776. You know, Abdallah, you, you mentioned that it's the kickers. That was the main storyline that you pull from this game. To me, I did like to see some of the players that we saw last night. David Montgomery, for example. Mm-hmm. I also like the fact that Matt Nagy had a plan for Mitch Trubisky. 
He went out there. He didn't really do anything. Kind of. But I think there's a plan behind what he had accomplished uh, there with Mitch Trubisky. Here is uh, Matt Nagy last night. Why have Trubisky play at all? Why have him play just one series? You know what it is, Jeff? Is it's more? Um, I think it's it's really important for a lot of these guys to. Uh, uh, the mental side of it, you know, the pregame mentality of getting ready for a game, getting out there, getting in the huddle, under the lights, just kind of getting back into that. And, you know, it was only a few snaps and some and handoffs. But, um, you know, I, I just think – and there was other guys too that did, played the same amount. You know, same thing, preparation, how do you handle yourself. And, and it's always good for everybody to just get a little bit prepared with that. So that's Matt Nagy last night. He also talked about, uh, was there a purpose behind having Mitch Trubisky play last night? Yeah, that's what I was just telling him earlier here, um, is that it's, you know, mentally preparing himself. All these guys, there was other guys that just played a few plays. And I just think it's so important for some guys, uh, and it, it, could, it could be good for Mitch too, that's why I did it, was just to mentally stay prepared, pregame warm-ups, you know, before the game, when you get out there, the pat and go, getting underneath the lights, taking snaps from center, and, you know, even though it was just a couple handoffs, um, I feel like that, just that part was, was is good for him. So that's Coach of the Bears, Matt Nagy, and uh, we will get to your kicker situation in just a second, Abdallah. But, but the way I look at this is, um, this is it. Last night we were on the air here for Jonathan Hood. Uh, so we talked about the news that broke that Trubisky was going to play. Mm-hmm. And my first reaction is, why have him play at all? It's it's not smart because if he gets injured at any point here in the preseason, the season's down the tubes. That's not a good thing for this Bears team as if he gets hurt. We understand that, right? I didn't say anything that's shocking. I just don't think it's worth the risk, okay? Um, as I've let that marinade for the last uh, 24 hours... I've started to maybe not change my philosophy because I wouldn't play him at all. Oh, welcome to the other side. Well, no, no. He shouldn't play. Oh. But I understand the concept here that Matt Nagy is trying to use with his young quarterback because this is the way I see it. Uh, Can can Coach Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace uh, throw the ball with more precision for Mitch Trubisky this upcoming season? Can they personally? Yes, yeah, so that's the question I asked. No, they can't. Okay, can can they, when a play starts, uh, make decisions for Mitch so then he limits turnovers in-game while a play is taking place? Personal? Can both, both the GM and the head coach control that? Personally? Yes. No, they can't. They can't. So, so I think what this is, is this is trying to put and button up each and every little item to possibly put this player in the most successful setting possible. And and the way I look at it is this, is uh, if you've ever had to prepare for a sales meeting, there's more that goes into the sales meeting than just showing up at the time that the sales meeting starts. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have to put together your deck. You have to know what slides are in order, right? You also have to know how to get to the location. You have to know how to be presentable. You have to be there ahead of time. You have to be ready. And that's what this was. This was getting ready, preparing for something. So when you can actually go to that meeting, you get there on time, you have everything ready, you have it in the right order, you know what you're going to say. And when you can do it, you show up and you execute because you're prepared properly. That's what last night was for Mitch Trubisky. It's show up, go through the routine, prepare like you would play, Get in the mental frame of mind to to be able to see yourself succeeding in the future. And you're not actually going to play tonight. But this is just a dry run. 
to get you into the the rhythm of a season, the rhythm of being a quarterback, the rhythm of having success. I understand why he did it. I just don't think he needs to play in the preseason. If you bring up cleaning up the locker room, I'm walking out of the studio. Well, I, I don't think – don't, don't you agree? I'm that, walking out of the studio. Don't you agree that this concept that, that Matt Nagy used last night with Mitch Trubisky and some of the others, Roquan Smith, who's a young player, so I understand this concept with a young player as well. It, don't you think that the idea here – is the mental prep to to an event, to a game. They play a game. Uh, if you've ever played sports at any level, there is some level of prep that goes into a high school basketball game, into a cross-country race uh, in high school, into running a marathon. You don't just show up at the starting line ready to go, right? You have to do things to prepare yourself to have success in that moment. It, it, you were in theater, right? Yeah. At Libertyville High School. I dabbled. Did you not have a routine before the performance that took place or did you just show up at the performance ready to go no you had to memorize everything yeah, I, I you, you, you memorize Look, everything right I get like, what you're saying but i'm still in the camp and i understand what you're saying yes putting on your uniform getting ready doing the prep there's, doing a, the, there's a timing doing element scouting to, to get ready for a game yes i get all that i would hope that mitchell trubisky has that down by now but i think that playing him in even if he went through all that, yesterday was kind of pointless. As soon as you saw that they were on the two yard line, you should have been like, "Nah, there's no point in this." Well, well if Adam, he's going to you... hand off three times. With, with if you're trying to practice, you know, if there had been this this growing issue like we had last year, remember last year, the story of training camp was the whew, the quarterback to center exchange, the center to quarterback, not good. Not great. And we saw it happen in, in preseason, and then they needed to practice that, and he only played six series in the preseason or whatever it is. And so you needed to you needed to iron that out. If that's something you needed to work on yesterday, then fine. But being backed up to your own two-yard line just seemed to me kind of a waste. And I understand the prep, and you want to do all that kind of stuff, and that's all cool. But to me, I want to see him do something. I want to see, because I still think that if you're trying to try new things, if you're trying to practice new things, look at all the quarterbacks around the NFL that played yesterday. Look at all the guys that are proven. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's proven, but Baker Mayfield played yesterday. Kyler Murray, the rookie, played yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the league, Chris, is going to play tomorrow night for what we're told is an entire quarter. Whether that's one series or two series, whatever that is, he's going to play for an entire quarter. Do you think Patrick Mahomes needs to do work in the preseason? No. No, of course he doesn't. He won the MVP last year but he's doing it and coach Nagy is coming from the Andy Reid tree so you would think that their philosophies would kind of would mimic each other a little bit I just think he needs and I'm not of this look I understand that there's pluses and minuses and you can get hurt you can get hurt playing football at any time he could get hurt the very first snap of the Packers game and then oh I understand well that game counts okay well this counts for his development this counts for his timing. This counts for his his uh, his uh, relationship with his receivers, with his offensive line. You had the full offensive line out there except for Kyle Long. I know he didn't have any of his weapons out there, but ultimately if he's throwing to guys, he's throwing to guys. If they're going to make the team, then eventually he might be throwing to them. Why can't he come out there? If you knew the first series was going to be a wash, have him come out for a second series. Why not? Go back to what you first said originally. You said, we hope he knows how to get ready for this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then rewind back to the two questions I asked you. Can Nagy and Pace control 
the interceptions on the field, the decision-making on the field, the inaccuracy on the field. They can't. No. This is something they can control, though. But I'm going to ask. even if he should be prepared, it never hurts to continue to go through the routine. And that's why I understand they do question. it. Uh, could he get better with his accuracy and his deep ball while standing on the sideline in yesterday's game during the first quarter. Probably not. You got to probably play to do that. Okay, you got to play to to get better. But I and understand I don't care who he's throwing. To, I understand just throw it why. Up in the air. I understand why you don't play at all in the preseason. But I don't agree. I don't point. agree with the Chiefs. I wouldn't play Patrick Mahomes in the preseason. That's why what would they want to do? Because they want they've got stuff to like, work on. I apparently. understand. I understand Kyler Murray coming out and playing yesterday. He's a rookie. I get but it. Like you really don't need to see much of Sam Darnold. You know, right? Like the Jet. I know, but they don't really need to. Marcus Mariota played. Well, Marcus Mariota is fighting for his job, so he he probably will need to play. But these guys all played. Marcus Mariota has injury concerns his entire career. He played. Yeah, well, he also has concerns about good quarterbacking. So I think that's why he had to play. James James, James Winston played today. Playing right now. Chris Black, I'm Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN at. Matt Nagy was also asked after the game, do you feel good about where Mitch Trubisky is at this point during training camp? Yeah, no doubt. I feel really good about where he's at. Because what's the confidence? The, the what? What's your confidence rooted in? Well, everything he's doing in practice right now, he's making great protection checks. He's he's uh, he, he's his His reads right now with where he's going with the football, last year at this time we were trying to figure out what plays he likes and doesn't like. Um, and we know the library, we know what plays to call and not call. We're forcing some things. We're, I'm telling them, hey, take this, you know, force this a little bit, see what you can do. And then, um, you know, it, it, that's what he's doing. And we don't want to just check down Charlie all in seven on seven all the time. So I tell him, throw it into double and triple coverage, just test the throw and see if you can do it. So that's Coach Matt Nagy last night after the game. Uh, let's get to this kicker situation before we talk about Antonio Brown and what's going on with him and his helmet. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't want to play football because of the helmet that he wants to wear this season. We'll update that story in just a second. Uh, Yesterday, the kicking situation, Elliot Fry is the one that hit the 43-yarder. Pinero missed one field goal from 48. Your thoughts on kickers? Go ahead. Uh, They kicked, and it looks to me like the Bears are going to have to go elsewhere to try to find a kicker maybe. Um, then we can have the discussion of whether or not Ryan Pace gave up too much for that dude from Baltimore. Matt Nagy talks about Elliot Fry making the 43-yard field goal. Yeah, it's big. It, that's uh, we all we all want to we want these guys to make every single kick. And you know, Eddie missed that 48-yard field goal tonight, slightly uh, wide left. And but then you know he did make his his other shorter field goal. Um, Elliot made his extra point. So. We're going to, you know, we'll go through this thing and, and let them see what kind of production they show us. And this was the big stage tonight for them. It's as big as we can get it before the season starts. Pinero missed the 48-yard field goal. Here's the coach, Matt Nagy. Uh, just to, I, honestly, it's it's been the same as it's been in practice. If there's a miss here or there, I, I want to see, um, is this a deal now when, when okay, it's going to be now another miss coming up? Or they can come back and bang it and, and get, get three points, you know? And so um, how is he going to recover mentally? Uh, as we go, how strong are you mentally in practice coming back from that? And then the next time you get back out there. So the, that, those results, I don't know yet. So that's Matt Nagy and the kicker situation update for the Chicago Bears. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood. So breaking late this afternoon, sources Adam Schefter reports on ESPN.com. 
Antonio Brown from the Oakland Raiders says no football without his old helmet. Wait, what? Yep. Antonio Brown has told the Oakland Raiders that unless he can wear his old helmet, he will not play football again. Not next week. Not a month from now. Not this season. Again, league sources have told ESPN on Friday. League sources told ESPN that Brown had a two-hour conference call with an independent arbitrator uh, on Friday to argue why he should be allowed to wear his 10-year-old helmet. That's true. Uh, The arbiter for the grievance call was joined by league officials, player representatives of the NFLPA. Uh, in Philadelphia, also joined the call. League source told the ESPN a decision could come as early as next week. Here's the problem that faces Antonio Brown. There were, I think, 30-something players last year that were um, allowed to continue to wear old helmets, even though the majority of the NFL have moved on to a newer-designed helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a one-year grace period until this season, and this season you had to transfer over to the new helmets all in the name of safety. So the NFLPA signed off on this. The NFL has signed off on this. Everyone is in agreement that this is safer. And I believe uh, rates for concussions in the last season also dropped dramatically based mm-hmm. on these new helmets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, three players have been noted to have continued to wear the old helmet last season. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Antonio Brown. Brady has moved on to the new helmet. Aaron Rodgers has moved on to the new helmet. Antonio Brown now is claiming that he will not play football again unless he can wear the old helmet, thus being the only player in the National Football League wearing the old helmet. He's being a stick in the mud. Listen, um, this is is something that, look, if you don't want to play, then don't play. If you don't want to play, then your contract, we're not paying you. If you are going to be a stickler for this, for some reason, because it, it hinders your vision, uh, you say the it protrude the new helmet it juts out and protrudes your vision from being able to catch footballs. And for some reason, the other hundreds of wide receivers around the NFL don't have this problem. You specifically have this problem. Uh, <laughs> then fine, don't play. Th- then well, if well, I'm the I think NFL, the, Ra- the Raiders kind of need him to play. No, that's, I think then, the, the Oakland Raiders the, may good have good a for different. The Raiders. Good for the Raiders. If I'm the NFL. You don't play unless you wear the new helmet because I'm not going to be liable for someone dying on the field. See, and that's it. There is no way the National Football League can allow this to happen with the context of the landscape that we live in now with football and Mm -hmm. concussions. Absolutely. There is no way they can say, yeah, for this one person we'll make uh, make this one one time Because then everybody else is going to want it too. Well, and it's the data's out there. That this is something the league in the past has had an issue with, uh, acknowledging the data mm-hmm. and what was actually taking place. Mm-hmm. So when they finally implement something to make players safer with with brain injuries and head trauma, you can't ignore this. And, and so he'll never win this battle. That's I don't fine. think he then will. Sit out and don't um, get your money. That's fine. On Sports Center earlier tonight, Ryan Smith was hosting and he talked with Adam Schefter about this situation. Let's bring in NFL insider Adam Schefter. Adam, what are some of the details surrounding Brown's beef on this helmet? Well, Ryan, this is a crazy story, but essentially Antonio Brown's been back in Florida away from the Raiders for about the past week, and it's not having anything to do with his foot injury that he suffered last month in France when he stepped in a cryo chamber. This is essentially a story that has to do with the NFL rules that don't allow him to wear the helmet he's worn for over the last 10 years. He wants to wear that helmet. He's told the Raiders that unless he can wear that helmet, 
then basically he will not play football again. Today he had a two-hour hearing in front of an independent arbitrator to state his case. We'll wait for the arbitrator's decision next week, but depending on what that arbitrator rules in the end, it could impact Antonio Brown's future. The Raiders have been sending him helmets to try on approved helmets that have not been banned by the league rules. And basically, Antonio Brown's not comfortable wearing any of them. He wants to wear his old comfortable helmet that he doesn't believe protrudes his vision and prevents him from catching footballs on the field. Uh, Adam, I have to think that in some ways he might see an uphill battle to win this with an arbitrator. Uh, you showed in your tweet his threat. How legitimate is that threat, actually? Ryan, you know the law better than I, and you know how arbitrators think better than I. But I would just say here that Antonio Brown is an unpredictable player and somebody who essentially went to France to step into the cryotherapy chamber, burnt his foot on that, foot all blistered up. Now this comes where along comes a story where basically the helmet, not the foot, is the reason that he's been away from the Raiders and the reason he's not practicing right now. So Antonio Brown's got complications literally from his head to his feet this summer, and now we wait to see how this case is resolved as early as next week. That's Adam Schefter on SportsCenter earlier tonight. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You know what this is? This is the guy in the office that there's one rule handed down by corporate and he's the one guy who's not going to follow along and it hurts everyone else. You know, like, uh, so you and I have worked here for quite some time. In my early 20s, I worked at Apple, Abdallah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's been in an Apple store, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I worked there for four and a half years and they have the Genius Bar where you go in to get things fixed, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's where you get help. But you can't just walk in and get help, right? There's a process to that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to sign up for an appointment, no matter what the problem is, and it has to be, the appointment needs to be open. So even as an employee, if I was walking through the store and I wanted to help you, I had to go to a computer, open your appointment before I could actually help you. Mm -hmm. Why did I have to do this? Well, it's so then corporate could see how many people were actually being helped in a day, and then they can allocate headcount to get more people to work in stores, right? Like, Mm -hmm. There's a process to it. Mm-hmm. It was handed down from corporate. I can't just go around being the hero, helping people willy-nilly fix their, their iPhones, right? Because it hurts the rest of the store. The rule was you had to open the appointment before you helped the customer, no matter what the situation was. But there were people who would walk around and just help people, thus hurting the store, being a bad guy, right? Like, that happened all the time. The rule is from the NFL. You have to wear the new helmet, Antonio Brown. Don't be a bad guy. He's no. being a bad guy. I mean, he's only being, I mean, yeah, he's being a bad guy to the to the uh, Raiders who need him. But ultimately, he's only hurting himself financially because if he doesn't play, I don't have to pay you. And then, sorry, you're just done. Like, that's it. Don't play. Don't play. That's fine. I'm not going to, I'm if I'm the, uh, like I said, if I'm the NFL, no one's dying on my field because I let you wear a helmet that is 10 years old. What do you have? What? Name one thing you have right now that is 10 years old that is still working the same the way it did the first day you bought it. Give me one thing that you have. A car? No. I don't, I don't know a how phone? you... phone? I no. don't know how you uh, picked this out perfectly, but uh, I actually just got into a big argument with my wife about this because I had a clock radio Okay, that was on my well, nightstand. That's different. That that's was something for, that, that'll run That forever. I got when I was 18, 16 years ago. Who has clock radios anymore? And she wanted me to get rid of it because it didn't fit the uh, the rest of the room. 
I'm just saying it worked perfectly I, fine. There I was get, nothing wrong with it. We get new Abdallah phones every two years ago. because they're too slow. My Instagrams oh, don't load. It was Sony made. It was good. I get a new phone every two years. Well, I'm just telling. You, I just answer your question. I I have something that's older than ten years old. Your that headphones works. are going to fall apart in like a year. It just happens. Wear and tear. Well, the new helmets do help, and um, of course and, they and do. And that's why the San Antonio Brown thing is so bizarre to start with because there's always an issue with him. He's never just going to show up and play and be good. He's going to have so much drama and baggage that carries along. More we get on new cars because they have new airbag technology. Yes. We're not driving around in Buicks anymore with the, the old big ones. Yes, the old big ones. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. We'll have more on Antonio Brown and the Chicago Bears coming up next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll talk some football with Jared Payton coming up here in just a moment, but we first go down to Cincinnati, a live in-game update, Cubs and Reds from Jesse Rogers. What's up, Jesse? All right, guys. Cubs trailing 3-1 in the fifth inning. Home runs in this game are the difference. Who else? Nicholas Castellanos with a first inning long ball. is fourth as a Cub. He has 10 extra base hits in nine games. That's the most since at least 1900 for a Cub in his first 10 games. But that's the only scoring so far for them. Meanwhile, Suarez and Aquino, the rookie for the Reds, with home runs off of you. Darvish, just five hits total in this game. Uh, again, all the runs coming off homers. 3-1, bottom five. Back to you guys. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Right back to David Montgomery in that stutter step. Patient. And David Montgomery, the third round pick, is in for his first NFL touchdown. What a stutter step to bounce it outside. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So the Bears yesterday, they lose. Uh, but the thing I take away when you look at a running back like David Montgomery is he looks like he belongs. And that's one thing that I kind of gauge from across the National Football League last night. You see a lot of quarterbacks out there for the first time. Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray. You see some second-year guys out there yesterday. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. The one thing I take away from Kyler Murray yesterday and Daniel Jones, you don't want to see a player in that setting look like this, the, this, the stage is too big. Mm-hmm. But for Kyler Murray, he looked like he owned the stage. I get it. It's just a preseason game. It's just mm-hmm. one quarter mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. a, a few snaps, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to, a guy to look like he doesn't belong at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the Bears finally found a running back that they, you know, besides Tariq Cohen, now that, that can catch the ball that is a threat in all facets of the offense. Before, you just had Jordan Howard, and people were kind of married to Jordan Howard here. They love Jordan Howard, and ultimately, I didn't see any Jordan Howard people out there yesterday on Twitter when uh, David Montgomery was looking so hot. I'm just saying. So how about this? Let's talk with a running back, Ooh. a former running back. It's Chris Black and Am Abdallah here singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jared Payton from WGN. You can see him on SportsFeed on CLTV every night and also on the 4 p.m. WGN News. You can follow him on Twitter at Payton Sun. Jared, it's Chris and Adam. What's going on tonight? What's going on, fellas? Heard you guys talking uh, Jordan Howard's name, man. I saw I saw his name trending last night. I thought something happened to him. And then basically it was just punched in with a bunch of hashtags talking about David Montgomery and 
Bears fans uh, just looking forward to seeing what number 32 can do, man. He, he was looking good last night. So, JP, as a former running back, uh, what did you see from David Montgomery, and what have you seen from him throughout training camp that leads you to believe that he'll be a really successful running back in the NFL? I just, I mean, for me, it was even before I even saw him in a Bears uniform. I mean, in an Iowa State uniform, I just, you can turn on his tape and just see, you know, how he plays. He, he's, he's, got a, he's got a different edge to him, man. He's, he's just different. He, he loves contact. He's got great feet, and I think his footwork jumped out the most to me. So last night on that touchdown, to be able to, you know, get that ball downhill, the jump stop, and then to be able to kind of get it all the way outside. Um, if you watch his videos of his working out in the off season, leading up into this uh, preseason, man, you can see his footwork is, is amazing. So when he does get hit in contact, he's able to keep his balance, and that's what jumped out to me. Everybody wants to look at the, the jump cut. But if you see at the end of the run when he gets into the end zone and his body's in a weird formation when he crosses the end zone and he stands straight up, his balance is unbelievable, man. And so uh, I think we got to see a little bit of everything that he has in his bag and uh, a little bit last night, some taste of all that, but also, too, um, during camp, finishing runs, man. He finishes runs, and that's what happens. I, I always listen to people who, like, my dad would tell me all the time of how he was so successful was, yeah, he ran hard, but he, he brought it to the defenders every single game. And, and every time you do that, every play, guys ease up a little bit, and that's when you get them. So to have that dog mentality like Montgomery has, I look forward to seeing how Matt Nagy is really going to be able to use him in his offensive scheme. What do you make of the revamped running back room that the Bears have put together this offseason? I mean, you got – I don't play golf. I mean, I'm not. I'm good. You got. I'm not that good. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not good at all. But I know, like, when you look at your golf bag, you know, you got different irons for different reasons, right? Like, what you want to use, like the pitching wedge and the other wedge you can have. That's what they have. They have guys with different talents. So whatever you kind of need, they can sprinkle it in. And I think with Mike Davis, who gets kind of overlooked just a little bit, just because of you know he was before the the draft, he was that guy they went out and got in free agency, but. I think he sprinkles in and adds in a little bit of a dimension there. And then you also look at what Montgomery's going to add in as well. And then Tariq Cohen is that guy that not only will be in the backfield, he'll be in the slot as well. And what he gives you, they have everything that you need. And so it, it's funny that you, you think about the production that Jordan Howard had for three years here in Chicago. And much respect to him. That's my boy, man. Like, I mean, you look at his rookie year, that's rough, man. When everybody knows that you're the only thing on the offense moving and you still get over 1,000 yards, I don't know if people know how hard that is. It's, it's tough, man. So to see what he did was unbelievable. But now this is exactly what Nagy wants. He's got everything that he needs now in that running back position room to be able to be successful. So um, I, I love all the guys. Uh, uh, Kareth White as well. They all add something in there, and it's going to be hard for defenses week to week to kind of figure out 
where things are going. Jerry Payton from WGN talking with Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Sing in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood. So, JP, we've also talked uh, quite a bit the last couple nights about how Mitch Trubisky and the offense have struggled in practice and whether or not it's something that should concern you or if it's just something to kind of just brush off because it's practice and it doesn't really matter. How have you seen Mitch Trubisky so far in training camp so uh, to this point with his development? Well, it's been tough, just a little bit because of how good this Bears defense has been, especially early on in camp. I mean, you're going up against, if not one of the best defenses, not the best defense in, in the NFL. And so it's going to be hard. And I think it's it's hard to kind of judge and see where he's at. So you have to kind of step back a little bit and break it down by, you know, all the – they break it down in segments for him. Like, you know, the, if it's seven on seven and just kind of – look and see how he's making throws because it has been difficult. I feel like he's he's taking a step. I don't know how much of a step yet it it is. We're gonna have to see once, you know, things really get going. But I I just look at how he has his knowledge and a better understanding of this offense in year two. His having an off season, being with Nagy, he's got all he's got all the skills that you want. The skill set from a quarterback like especially a new day New and age games quarterback, you got all that. But now he's got to be able to translate that over to the field. And if he can do that, I mean, anything is possible. But I still feel like we don't know yet, and we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Ryan Pace and Matt Maggie have gone out, and this organization has went out and put a bunch of playmakers around him. And I hate to go back to my Miami Hurricanes days, but y'all, y'all remember Ken Dorsey, right? Yeah, Ken oh, yeah. Boy. All right, Ken didn't, Ken didn't have, like, the, the, the laser arm. And, you know, Ken was just precise. He gave it to the guys like Santana Moss and Reggie Wayne and his playmakers, and he let them do what they got to do, and they made plays. And I know Bears fans don't want to hear this, but the, I, I, because of where he was drafted, throw that all out the window. This defense is set up to win right now. This offense is going to be better. Mitchell Trubisky has to just take care of the football, Get it to his playmakers, man. That you don't have to be supersonic and special. I know everybody wants that that to happen. If it does happen over the time, which I think he can, it can happen. That's going to be great. But for right now, man, this window that's open. Get the ball to your playmakers. Let them do everything. They'll make you look good. And this defense is good enough. This defense is really, really good that you can really go for a Super Bowl championship. I believe in my heart. How would you approach his playing time in the preseason? Because I would like to see him play a little bit more, but I also I that, that also means I want to see the full offensive line out there. I understand Kyle Long maybe not because he's such a key part, but I don't want him behind the second string line. I want him behind his guys because that risks injury to him. And ultimately, yeah. if, if you're going to have him in there, you need to have those guys out there, right? Yeah, I mean, you do. you got to have those guys out there. you got to be able to protect him, make sure that he feels safe. And um, I just... I don't know. When uh, Dan Weeder asked, you know, Nagy if the, the next time he throws a pass is in September, and Nagy said, yeah, I, I started to see. Uh, he, he has something, you know, up his sleeve, and it's so hard. Yes, you want to see this offense to progress a little bit more, but then also they, I think they understand, and Nagy has a, has a, has a plan in his mind that he, he likes to do things his way and make sure his guys are all right. You know, make sure that they're always good. And so 
I, I don't know. It's going to be – I would love to see him play more, just a little bit more, but also, too, the risk of injury as well. That's always a question mark in my head. you got to play it safe, and that's why I'm glad I'm not a head coach. Jared Payton on the phone with Chris Block and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. On defense, who are you more excited to watch this season, Eddie Jackson or Roquan Smith? Which one would you pick? Come on, you two, man. Really? <laughs> Seriously? Come on, guys. That's, that's like a question. Uh, well, just say Roquan, yes. Pro- okay. <laughs> Roquan, Roquan, I just believe I, both guys are amazing. Um, I'm, I don't know Roquan that well. I'm a little bit closer to Eddie, and I've just seen the progression. So Roquan, I think, is, is this year, this is going to be that year where people see why he's – we saw why he was special last year, but I think this year we're really – going to see with the with an off season and also coming in with a full camp. I think we're really we saw it Thursday night. We're really gonna see it now and everything that we saw while he was at Georgia, right? Eddie Eddie's a special Eddie's a special dude, man, and we're lucky to have him. I've been watching him and it's hard for me going to Bears training camp and like watching anything else from where we're situated to watch practice without watching 39 like my eyes everywhere i watch him everything that he does this dude man i got chills just saying this <laughs> talk to chuck but chuck talk to chuck pagano about this dude and he lights up with his eyes and his relationship and being close with ed reed and having the conversations with ed about him like ed thinks highly of him and ed doesn't talk about a lot of safeties like that so when ed gives you that and he's got a gold jacket then I know that it's for real. When you talk to Pagano, his eyes light up and said, this dude, he's got it all, man. Like, he can be, like, gold jacket material, dude. That's, that's, that's how good people say he is. And in those conversations, we've had those conversations. I keep telling him, just, I see the progress that he's making. He is super, super special. And he has the ability to, to be that guy, that one of those type of guys. You just you just never know how your career is going to play out if he can stay healthy. Um, I feel like he's only going to get better, and I don't know if all those interceptions and taking them back pick sixes are going to happen. But his command on the football field is lights out. He, he's dynamite, and it's rare that you can see a dude play, be out there on the field and be so focused, but also have fun. And also now his biggest task this year is not what he does just on the field, a little bit on the field but it's going to be more of being the leader on the field and that leader off the field. And I think that's the biggest jump we're going to see. And with that, when you have guys like Khalil Mack, it, it, it makes you want to be able to step your game up even more. So getting Khalil Mack was the not only for the defense, but for the offense. Everybody, He sets the standard, and everybody's trying to get to that standard. Instead of asking you a question about the kickers, uh, one of the coolest dudes, one of the coolest dudes in the NFL to ever play the game, went into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. In Ed Reed, can you tell us your best Ed Reed story? Oh man, that's 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 clean for the air. JP, you spent some time at Miami with him, right? Yeah, we were at, we were there. He was uh, we were there for three years together, man, and. Um, he, <laughs> So the coolest probably Ed, Ed Reed story is the fact that, like, once he got drafted, went to his crib and saw that he had, like, you know, marble floors and, like, out looking on the like, key of Biscayne and, like, man, it was like, this is amazing. And he had a TV 
like a big screen TV, and I went to turn it on, and there was no, there was there was no cable. And I asked him, like, dude, why, why aren't you? You don't have cable, dog. You just got paid. Like you, you just first round money. You ain't got no cable. <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, I don't watch TV, man. And I looked to the right of the TV, and there's all these DVDs. And I looked at him. He was like Peyton Manning, you know, first and tens, cut-ups. Uh, you know, Tom Brady said, all I do is watch film. And it was at that moment when I figured out why he's, he's so successful. Like, most guys don't do that. He was football all the time. And it's the reason why he's got that gold jacket, man. Like, to be – every. You can just play in this league and be average if you want to. The great ones, the ones that, that, that everybody knows, the ones that, that everybody remembers are the ones that are obsessed with it and that want to be – they come in wanting to be the greatest. And um, just to have the opportunity to stand beside him, to be with him, you know, in the locker room on a day-to-day basis and play alongside him, um, man, it, it, it was like a dream come true, man. Like I could have went all these other places in the country to play football and I got stuck behind Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, and Frank Gore. And everybody's like, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you go somewhere else? You could have went to Wisconsin. I would not trade the time that I had at the U and being around some of the greatest football players that ever laced it up and the, the, the friendships and the brotherhood that we created. And also and I, people out there that are listening right now all over, not just in Chicago, but being on the greatest college football team ever assembled. When just go to go to Wikipedia and look it up, 2001 Hurricanes. Man, I, I will never change that. I would never want to change that in my entire life, man. Like to be a part of that brotherhood is it's almost better than being in the NFL, dude. I'm, I gotta be honest. <laughs> That's really cool. Thank you, JP. We appreciate your time tonight. No problem, guys. Man, anytime. That's Jared Payton from WGN. You can see him on SportsFeed on CLTV every night. You can see him on the 4 p.m. WGN News as well. Jared Payton. And go back I, I'm, and watch I'm looking, the, that 2001 team. I'm looking at the, the page right now. Uh, they went 12-0. and 0. They were first in the uh, final AP, right? They were 7-0 and 0 in conference, obviously. Uh, they were uh, 42.7 points per game. Uh, they only gave up 117 points against on Total. the season. Total yeah, on the season. <laughs> How amazing is so that? Good. Opponents scored against them nine point eight points that team per was game. So much fun to watch. Here are some of the names on that team. Obviously, uh, like JP just mentioned, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, all ahead of him. Najee Davenport was also on the depth chart for running backs as well with Jerry Payton. Ken Dorsey was the quarterback. Uh, Andre Johnson was a wide receiver on that team. Uh, Ed Reed was obviously there on the defensive side. Antrell Roll was there. Many talented. Jonathan Vilma was there. Player just Vince Wilfork on that team. Just an incredible team. Like that was one of those teams because we're at the age that we were in high school at that time. Yeah. Like that's when I started to look at college football and be like, man, this sport's awesome. Should like I really like this. And then we went to Columbia. Well, yeah. So so we continued watching good college yeah, football. Exactly. Though, yeah, exactly. Like JP was on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Black and Abdallah, uh, the the White Sox. They've got something uh that they're going to do next year in a field. Some think it's a dream. We'll talk about it coming up next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You're listening to my mans and them, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. 
Lots to do coming up. We'll talk some college football and we'll give away some fantasy football convention tickets in the next hour. Chris Bluck and Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood. Uh, yesterday, the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox announced that they will play a game next season at the famed Field of Dreams Field in Dyersville, in uh, Iowa. On August 13th of 2020, the teams both announced they will build a temporary 8,000 seat stadium for this game. Uh, the movie came out in 1989. I was five. So if you were in high school at the time, you were anywhere between the ages of, what, 15 to 18, right? If you were in high school when Field of Dreams came out. That movie came out in 1989, which is about 30 years ago to right now, correct? Which means that most people who were in high school when that movie came out are what age? 48. 40, yeah. Or in their early 50s. The average age of a baseball fan. And that's exactly why things like this... Baseball fans think it's great, and I've heard many of them talk about how awesome, so great this is that the Cubs, uh, that the White Sox and the Yankees are going to play at the Field of Dreams. Yeah, okay. Does it do anything for you, Abdallah? No, should, or should it, no. should baseball go back? You know, because you know, baseball is all about the youth, right? And yeah. I, I know that Scott Merkin tweeted out that the VP of Communication, Scott Reifert, was saying that the phones ring off the hook today with the announcement at White Sox offices because mm-hmm. people need to be at this game. Yeah, you want right. to? You are you, know are you really re- like like baseball? Also always pumps its chest. Like this is this is good for the youth. Yeah, for the youth that was around thirty years ago. You want me to care? Build a baseball field in a sandlot, hit home runs into a backyard with a big dog. All right, kids, here we go. Here we go. Thirty years in. ago, we we're gonna hand out free Game Boys, and you can watch American Gladiators so, because now it's nineteen eighty nine at the ball yard. Sell s'mores. Come on, and everyone down. White Sox baseball. With, and hats with long chews, with long, uh, with long brims and big, and, uh, big chief chew. I just think it's funny that people were so, Don't uh, positive about this and it's really like a, it's not a big deal at all. It's hey, like, Chris, okay. If you build it, it will bore me. That's not the saying, Abdallah. That's not how it goes. That is, don't do that. We're on Sports Talk Radio. You have to quote that in Caddyshack every five minutes on Sports Talk Radio. Black and Abdallah, we'll be back. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Terrible movie.